Hi, everybody. Welcome back to an episode of Big Apple Hockey. I know it's been a couple weeks without us, and uh, we're just we're happy just to be back. It's so great to be back. All right. I am your host, Mark Williams, and I went nowhere special recently. <laughs> nowhere at all. And I am joined by the man who can't score on Ilya Sorokin either, Mr. Anthony LaRocco. I'm happy to get back doing a show here. A couple of weeks without it, so uh, I'm very excited for it. And hey, beautiful weather means hockey playoffs around the corner. Um, great time of year. Yeah, before you know it, you're going to be doing uh, some shows outside shirtless again. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's and, and again, sorry guys, I've been doing a little bit of uh, traveling the last couple of weeks. We've been trying to get our schedule uh, back in order. And but fortunately, if you're a Ranger fan, you've been watching the final buzzer with John Falkowski. But we're good. And that's where we're going to jump in with right now with the New York Rangers, because Anthony gave his take. By the way, uh, if you haven't seen his trade deadline recap, he talked about the circumvention of the salary cap and stuff like that. That needs to be addressed. Uh, You can watch the final buzzer after most Ranger games with John. Uh, This is the Rangers record right now. Anthony was big game last night. It was the Rangers versus the Hurricanes. If they if the Rangers won, they were tied for first place. Yep. And they lost four to two. Uh, it's uh, there's a four point lead now with uh, nine games remaining. Looks like Carolina is going to win the division. Chris Kreider scored his fiftieth goal of the season. He's the fourth New York Ranger to do so. But oh, and that's also by the way the Chiron that I should have put up when I was talking about that. I'm a little bit rusty, guys. <laughs> Anthony, what are your thoughts on the Rangers post-trade deadline? Um, I mean, I, I think they addressed a lot of the needs. I know Tyler Mott is out now with an injury, um, but I like what he would have brought to the team going into the playoffs. You know, he's, he's a good penalty killer. Um, he has the propensity to score shorthanded goals. He's got speed, um, you know, and he's just your prototypical bottom six player. Um, not big in stature, but, you know, he plays a big game. Um and then obviously the addition of Andrew Kopp helps solidify him. Um, again, gave him a little grittier, a little bit more scoring because Kopp can ship in that way. Um, so I thought Chris Drury did a great job. Um, you know, I think I think they could have shot a little higher than Braun with the defenseman, especially being that you know he was scratched a couple of games. Uh, I'm not his biggest fan, but overall, you know, I, I thought Drury did a really good job in trying to add to the Rangers and give him the best shot possible to give him go on a deep run here. But um. Yeah, I uh, I like the moves they made. I got to say, I I think he hit a grand slam. Not even a home run. It was a grand slam. Yeah. Getting Tyler Mott is going to be tremendous. Now he's out for the next three weeks. Um, I'm not sure if they released the official timetable. Mm-hmm. You know the way the NHL is. They're yeah. they're about as secretive as North Korea or Lou Lamarillo even in trying <laughs> to give out injury news. Yeah. But um, so you get him when he comes back, that fourth line is going to be tremendous. I just still look at this team. This is my personal opinion. I think if cop slides down to the third unit, then you're talking about something really special, but he's on that second unit and that second unit has been great. So let's, let's, uh, let's see how that works out. Frank Vedrano has been perfect. Yeah. For that I, line. I forgot about him. You know, um, he's been, he's been really good. Uh, and, you know, he's he's a bottom six player for sure, but he, he can, in a pinch, I think, play in a top six, not for an extended period of time. Um, but, 
he he is able to do so and you know he's he's chipped in so um you know the, the rangers i thought even from the beginning of the year they needed those grittier players who who could really play in the bottom six but also maybe move up in a pinch um i thought you know compared to other teams in the past their bottom six was surely lacking and and drury did a really great job so um but no vetrano's been great he's been absolutely great for them and for the costs i mean how could you not love that deal? Yeah, I mean, yeah. The only thing I just I, I forgot to look up before I, I got started on this is if they have him on a contract for another season, I think he's a UFA. Yeah. But he'll he's he's not gonna command huge dollars. No, so don't worry no. about that. No. Um, I still think you gotta figure out what you're doing with uh Lafreniere and Kako, but moving Lafreniere back to the left wing has been a tremendous addition as well. Yeah. So um getting to the last night's game though. The Rangers nearly went up 2 nothing. They end up going up uh, 2-1. Both Russian goaltenders uh, kind of had a soft goal last night, the one that Sveshnikov banked off of uh, Sesterkin. I think it's because he got, he got bumped right there. But Toronto hit in the post. Uh, certainly that would have given the Rangers a 2 nothing mm-hmm. lead at the time. But uh, the, what, do you, what do you really take away from that game last night? Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to to take away just from one game, but for I will say, just in general, I think when the well, I should say actually, with the exception of Gorgiev playing the Hurricanes, Shesterkin has struggled a little bit against Carolina. Um, and listen, sometimes for whatever reason, there's just certain teams that goalies either don't play well or you know they own. Like for instance, Varlamov when he plays the Rangers, the guy turns into like Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, those are just situations that that happen across the league. Some matchups aren't good for certain goalies and teams, but um, overall, I mean, I don't like the matchup the Hurricanes bring in general for, for the Rangers or really any team. The Hurricanes play that weird style that they, they throw the puck at the net from anywhere. They're not afraid to just throw the puck on net. They come at you at waves. They, they suffocate the puck carrier. Um, they, and they play a speed game. They're, they're a hard team to play against. Um so it's not just the Rangers. I, I I think Carolina is a nightmare for a lot of teams, uh, but more specifically, yes, I think the Rangers aren't a good matchup for them. Um, really, for my money, the only the only team. Well, actually, no, that is the only team in the Metro. I I put clearly ahead of the Rangers, the Hurricanes. I think that they could beat the Penguins in a seven game series. Uh, I think they could beat the Capitals in a seven game series, and luckily for them it's going to be impossible for the Rangers to meet the Hurricanes in the first round. So that's so that's the good news. Um, the bad news is, you know, they might have to go through them at some point if the Rangers get out of the first round. But um, overall, yeah, I don't like the matchup that they present for the Rangers. But um, again, though, the Rangers don't have to worry about it for at least round one. So that's, that's the saving grace there. The way that I would categorize it would be if this, if this was a, a fight – like uh, I don't know if you want to use UFC or boxing hour. We'll just use the term fight card. The the first round, the Rangers bludgeoned them, but didn't get a goal out of it. Then uh, in the second round, they got a goal, and then somehow Carolina came back even because the shots and they, the mm-hmm. Carolina just wasn't threatening. They get one good break on Jacob Truba, kind of pinching up on. I think it was Sebastian Aho. Then got it to Seth Jarvis. Goes in backhander, and that's it. But then uh, broken play, and Jordan Stahl just gets it in the back of the net. But that's about it. Uh, that's yeah. that's. I mean, uh, it, it, that's going to yeah. be a seven game series. It's going to be a great seven game series. And 
Uh, I can't wait for that. That's that's what's going to look like it's going to be inevitable. Just going to address once again Chris Kreider scoring his 50th goal of the of 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 the year. And um, I had a great joke I was going to post for this, but I had a hockey game at the time. So and and then they lost, so I couldn't do that. But I did go kind of from six to midnight, realizing <laughs> that Chris Kreider has yeah. has accomplished what every Ranger fan has ever thought he could ever do. Yeah. And, um, and I, I can't be happier for the guy because his name is going to come up again in a, another discussion Anthony and I are going to have later. But this was, this was the culmination of everything that's been happening. And he still has a month to play in the season. Mm-hmm. He might, he might get the 55, which he might be huge. It's, it's yeah, it's realistic. It's just he kind of sad that it came. It didn't come in a loss. I mean, sorry that it came in a loss. Yeah, that's the only thing that was bad about it. Yeah, but we've got a lot of show for you guys today, so we're just going to be firing through a lot of these topics. Uh, I already see some great comments over here. Yeah, what a great shot. Um, yeah, Hank's Hank also struggled against the Canadians, but guys, we're going to be going through a lot more uh, questions because we've had so much jammer in our minds for two weeks. If you haven't subscribe to us and leave us a like, so we are going to move on and talk about the other team in New York because Anthony, the, the Islanders slim playoff hopes they're, they're just, they're hanging by a thread. I put up the number tragic number because I think it's five. If Washington gets five points, it's over. Yeah. Um, And Pittsburgh gets three. So, but speaking about that, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Islanders defeated them in a shutout last night. Josh Bailey and yeah. Zach Parise scored twice. Yeah. I was, I mean, that's like lightning striking. First off, it should be a good encouragement. Zach Parise for next season. He's under extension. 13, 13 goals for Zach Parise. You know what? At 37 years old for league minimum, you take that and run. You know, I, I said before the beginning of the year, 15 goals for Parise. Um, should be the expectation. And despite his really slow start where it didn't look like he was going to be able to reach that, um, 13, he, he probably will finish more than 15. He might get like, you know, 17. Um, but whatever it is, uh, he's been he's been great. So I have, I have no issues with Zach Parise. Yeah, and you know something? It, it's just the honors got to get him on a lower line. And then it's a home run next year. That's all they got to do. But by the way, that's also going to be a discussion in the bar talk as well. Uh, but as you watch through those highlights and, and through that game, give me your thoughts on that save Ilias Hirogan made on on Jake Gensel. He had another one earlier in the game in the second yeah. period. Too, uh, I mean, that that saved the game. Um, you know, what, what was impressive about that was that deflection from Gensel came so close to him, so in tight. Um, so he didn't have, he didn't have much reaction time to get the glove up there, but, um, yeah, that, that was, that was an incredible slave, incredible save. Um, you know, he's, he's made, he's made numerous of, of them throughout the season. Um, you know, he's, you know, a lot of, a lot of people compare Shesterkin and Sorokin. Um, Shesterkin is definitely better positionally, but Sorokin has drawn comparisons to Hasek from his athleticism for a reason. His reaction times are are just are just incredible, and he 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 just reacted real quick and flashed the glove. But yeah, that was that was a huge save. That was an incredible save, and it ended up 
sealing the game for them. By the way, thank you, New York Islanders, for from the New York Rangers because they kept Pittsburgh back one point. Yeah, and um, that the, the first off, by the way, what's the bigger news? That save for the fact that the Islanders got a shootout goal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, that's yeah. it's, no, it's sure. not many things. But Anthony, by the way, uh, I was talking to you about this before we went on, and I have a friend of mine. Huge, huge Rangers fan, but sometimes he's not so informed. And um, and he said Ilya Sorokin couldn't start for half the teams in the league. I'm going to reverse this question for you. How many teams would jettison their go- their current goalie right now uh, for Ilya Sorokin? And by the way, Ranger fans, don't worry, we're not one of them. I mean this this friend you're talking about. Um, he's the clear definition of a of a homer. Um, yes. And clearly that just shows he doesn't know much about any teams outside of the Rangers, really. Um, but no, Ilya Sorokin is elite, plain and simple. Um, for my money, um, this season, he's been the second best goalie in the NHL, bar none, behind his good friend Igor. Um, and now, if you, in a fantasy world, because you have to, if you take out of into consideration contract, you know, because obviously, hypothetically, certain teams wouldn't even be able to move their goalie for him if they wanted to. But if you take out contracts and in such a side, um, I mean, I think it was 32 teams in the league. I would say at least 28 of them would probably get rid of their starting goalie for Ilya Sorokin. Um, yeah, I think it's gun, easier gun, to list the teams that wouldn't. And gun gun to my head right now, like the only uh, the obvious answer is it's just Sturkin. They have the Rangers have no reason to make that move. Um, other than that, I mean Freddie Anderson. I mean the guy's having a good year. He's a good goalie, but you know, I mean he's he's an older guy. There's no, so yeah. There's really no. Vasilevsky. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Va- Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky. Because you know what's funny about Vasilevsky is. Um, He's not in the upper echelon of statistics this year, but for my money, he's still the big time money goalie. If you want in the game, I mean, Christ, look at last playoffs. Every every win the Lightning had to close out a series, the guy had a shutout. So um, you know, his last five series wins are shutouts. Yeah, so he he's still you know he's still one of the best. So yeah, I mean, Tampa, the Rangers, not many other. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble trying to think of other ones. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it's no. like you're talking about 29 teams that would get rid of their goalies. I mean, the guy, the guy is second in save percentage, fourth in GAA, six in shutouts, um, and he's he's lost three shutouts within the final two minutes of a game. He lost one 30 seconds left in Chicago. Um, he got the other night in Carolina, he lost one with 58 seconds left. There are a couple others where he lost it within the last two minutes of the game. The guy could easily have nine or 10 shutouts. Um, and again, if, if you look at his body of work and what he's done equipment, this season compared to all the goalies around him are on great playoff teams. He's on a team that's 15 points out of a playoff spot and he still is where he is right now. In those statistical categories, I mean, come on. He's come on. Anthony, I go with Chris Frost's question right here for you. If the Islanders did pull off the miracle, do you start Vassy? Oh, sorry, Varley uh, against, oh, yeah, the, it's not against the Rangers. 
they had their chance this week and they kind of blew it. But um, in this fantasy world, uh, I mean, I know Varley's been good against the Rangers, but Sor- I mean, look at the game Sorokin played against the Rangers last. We made that incredible stick save, and um, you know he played really, really well. But I, I would say no. I mean, you would. I think you would still. You would have to go Sorokin, but knowing Trotz, he loves his veterans, so maybe he would go Varlamov. But uh, it's 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 Sorokin's net from now on. That's that's the easiest way to say it. And no we had that similar conversation years ago. Henrik Lundqvist versus Team X. Where it was, yeah. oh, if, oh, do you do you start Henrik versus this team? No, mm-hmm. you, you obviously start Henrik. Yeah. He's the good one. He had he had uh, a, there was a great comment earlier in here about uh, Henrik always had trouble against the Canadians. You know he beaten who he beaten the Canadians or sorry, do you know he beat twice in the playoffs the Montreal Canadiens yeah. and one time Carey Price is totally healthy. Mm-hmm. And don't get me started on Dimitri Armel and Trip and Chris Kreider. So and you know I'm glad. Uh... Um, I sent you that tweet earlier. I'm glad that Dave Panyota sent out that tweet today, just talking about where Sorokin is in the you know statistical categories for goalies because um, guys just you know he's not he's not getting the love that he that frankly that he deserves in terms of you know being talked about was one of the Vesna finalists. Um, and I know the Vesna Trophy voting. I don't know if you know it's a little different. It's actually voted. It's not by writers. The Vesna is, is picked by GMs um, mm-hmm. and. I, and listen, I know I'm an Islander fan, and I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty non-partial. I, I I say it how it is, but I don't know how you how you look at it, and seeing that he has better statistics than some of these guys that are on playoff teams, and he's on a bad team, and yet he's performing he's performing a lot better. I mean, for me, well, that's where you that's where you weighed me, it a little bit more. For, for me, that's a no-brainer. I mean, the the guy is a Vesna finalist, but we'll see how it shakes out. But um, like yeah. that. That kind of reminds me of 1994, John Van Beesbrook, who was nominated for the Hart Trophy on a, or sorry, a finalist. I always say nominated, but he was a finalist for the Hart Trophy. And the Panthers didn't make the playoffs, but they were within shouting distance for yeah. an expansion team. That was yep. something that was unheard of. And and look, we'll use the term that we're still fans. I'm not going to hide any of my stuff that's right behind me. <laughs> but the truth is, we're also pundits too. We could be a little bit more impartial. I mean, we carry our hearts on our sleeves, but our opinions are on the other sleeve too. Yeah. So, Anthony, I just got to run off two more questions uh, just about the Islanders, and then we're going to go over to the bar talk. Josh Bailey had two goals last night. What's his future with the New York Islanders? Uh, very polarizing player on Islander boards. Um, he gets he gets a lot of hate that, frankly, is a little too far. Um, you know, 30, 35 points um, for a guy that makes $5 million a year. Um, but is actually owed only three million in, in real dollars. Um, that's really not bad. And I know some people, Islander fans, say, "Oh, it'll take a lot for Lou to move him." But um, he moved the corpse of Lad, who was a far uh, worse player than Bailey, and, and still did it. So um, I think Josh Bailey um, will be shopped in the off season. And there are a lot of teams like Ottawa, Buffalo, Arizona, who are going to need to reach the cap floor um, that will gladly take his contract. And yeah, they're not going to get anything really back. They'll probably get a, a, but even if they got a third round pick, it accomplishes what the Islanders need. It's just accrue even more cap space. So um, I, uh, yeah, so that's Bailey. That's what I think of Bailey. I think he's a prime candidate to be, uh, to be moved in the off season. Even with the two years remaining on his deal, he's going to, they're going to be able to get, him moved or is it going to cost them something a little bit more like 
like draft picks or I, I don't want to go as high as Anthony Beauvillier. No, that's not going to happen. That's not that's what I just said. Andrew Ladd could barely play hockey anymore, and Lou got rid of him with years left on his contract and didn't give a first, didn't give a top prospect. So Josh Bailey is a significant better player. So, right. and again, teams need to reach the cap floor. So, no, Bailey won't cost a sweetener to get rid of. Again, he's not going to – he may only get a third, fourth-round pick in return. But for the Islanders, it's the cap space is the issue. So that's no worry. All right, Anthony, I got to ask you this one last question because assuming, let's say – the Islanders lose and Pittsburgh and Washington win their next two games, then they're out. But why is it important for a team to be trying to make the playoffs in this situation and not tank? Anthony? Um, because it's, I think it sets a bad, a bad just mentality in the room for young guys um, you don't want to get in the bad habit, develop bad habits from, you know, losing and going through the motions. Um, it's just not it's just not a good look, um, especially there are veterans in the room who are proud, um, even though they're not playoff bound. They, they still play hard just for themselves and, you know, for their teammates next to them. Um, I think the whole notion of tanking is toxic, frankly. Um, so and especially not from a Lou led team. I mean, he, he would never, mm-hmm. he would never allow such things, but in general, it's not, it's not good. It's not good. Because yeah, fans, it, it's easy for a fan to say, why don't they just tank and try to go for Shane? Wright? But you know what? This team was trying to go at Stanley cup expectations this year. They need to, they, they need to still put the effort in that room and show that they're just as good because you're going to want to attract people with that uh, salary cap and free agents uh, uh, space that they have right now. And more on that in about a minute. So, uh, hey guys, what do you think about the Islanders? Uh, th- hold on to playoff hopes. Ilya Sorokin is the elite goaltender already. Throw it all down in the comments below and don't forget to like and share and subscribe. And Anthony, it's time to do a very, very solid bar talk that we got going on. I'm going to take a shot on this one. You're going to see beer. I'm buying everybody around on this. Oh my God. And we'd love it if the Holy Trinity was together, but we're trying to get the whole scheduling together for everything. So, everybody, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where we gauge our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident you're buying everybody around? Are you so depressed you just need a shot or just, you know, so-so for a beer? So, we're going to start with this. The New York Rangers are better off not winning the Metro division. Anthony? Um, beer. Uh, and I say that because, again, I, I think they could beat Washington or Pittsburgh. If, if they finish first, um, they're going to play Washington as they're the, the second wild card. Um, and then if they finish if they finish second in the division, they play Pittsburgh, who I think they could beat as well. So, um, you know, it would be different. For instance, if they, you know, if they won the division and because of that they played, you know, Toronto or, or something like that, then I would say, yeah, you know, maybe not. But in this case, I think either or they're going to be locked into a matchup with Pittsburgh or Washington. Um, so 
And again, I think they could beat both those teams. So I'll, I'll say beer. I'm going to go shot. And the reason why is kind of simple. It's right over your face. Sorry about that. But it was designed for the three of us. But uh, I'm going to go with shot. The reason why is because you never want to run from success. If you're going to do that, you're going to be, you're going to be just, mm-hmm. it's not like, say, for instance, the Islanders last year that they didn't matter whether or not they were first or fourth. It, 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 it just didn't matter. This time, you can actually change things around. And I don't want to hear about it. Let's say, for instance, the Rangers finish in second place. And then it comes down to a best of seven series. Let's say it's a conference finals against Florida Panthers. And then Ranger fans go, oh, well, or let's say it's against uh, the conference finals against the Toronto Maple Leafs, who they're tied in points with. By the way, it takes an extra amount of imagination that the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to win around. But it's just um, the mm-hmm. then it comes down to, oh, well, game seven could have been on our ice. Yes. Well, you wanted the tank and not finish first place. So yep. could they be better off? Yes. But don't the, the players aren't going to do that. The players want to win the no. division. Yeah, and so do the coaches. So does everybody. Fans are the ones we start. We start doing all this. And by the way, there's going to be an article later on this week from me about the possible playoff opponents and playoff matchups. But no, you don't want to run away from success. Going right back into your wheelhouse, Anthony. And oh wait, by the way, the race to win the Metro was right there. Sometimes I get too involved in talking. I forgot <laughs> to put up my Chirons. Um, the New York Islanders are going to go big game hunting in the off season. Mark, you hear, you hear that beeping sound? Yeah. It's, it's the sound of a Brinks truck backing up to someone's front door. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's around. Uh, I, I think, I think Lou is going to go hard after Johnny Gaudreau or Philip Forsberg. Um, if they reach free agency, um, they have $11.2 million of cap space heading into the off season. Um, with only no adoption to sign. Um, and I think there's even more cap space at hand for them when, once they move Varlamov and or Bailey that can give them even more. So um, they need a score. So there's no doubt in my mind that Lou is going to target Goudreau or Forsberg, uh, different players. You know, Forsberg's probably the better pure goal scorer, even though Goudreau only has like four less goals. But um, Goudreau is the better all-around player. You know, he, he eclipsed 100 points last night. Um, so either way you, you can't go wrong, but I think Lou is going to throw a lot of money at the two of them, um, if they reach free agency. So I, I absolutely, I think he's going to go big game hunting. I look at the list that I compiled right there. I threw Patrice Bergeron on there just for the sake of throwing him on there. I doubt Boston's going to jettison him or let him go. And I doubt he's going to want to leave, but you know, you never know something's happened and that's where it's, he's just there. Phil Forsberg, I think, is going to re-sign uh, with Nashville. But you know what? You never know. It's something else can happen. Johnny Gaudreau is the guy that I'm targeting because we know he wants he wants to come back in this area. But it's it's it's. Let me ask you right now, Philadelphia or the Islanders. Which one are you going to? I mean, the Islanders are much closer team to to winning a brand new building and all that stuff. So you know, I would say the Islanders, but you never know. Forsberg's from South Jersey. He grew, sorry, Goudreau's from South Jersey. He grew up a Flyers fan. Um, so, you know, who, so who really knows? But um, Forsberg fits the bill just because he's more of a pure scorer, like I said, but, you know, you wouldn't say no to Goudreau either. I mean, that. That's and you know what? I looked at the other names on that list, Anthony. I, there, there's a lot of no uh, guys I wouldn't say no to. Yeah. Nazem Kadri right now with the season that he's having, he, Nazem Kadri would be a great New York Islander. The problem is good Kadri's a, a center. I mean, the Islanders don't really need a center 
right now. But then you can so. you can start talking about moving a guy to a wing if you want you to. Could, yeah, you, you could. could. John yeah. Klingberg is another one. Brian yeah. Rust would be a great addition. Like those are those are some real yeah. good names out there. I just I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with beer only because I think he's going big game hunting anyway. And you could probably taste that beer right now if you want to. <laughs> but um, I the only reason why I'm going against that is it just lose philosophy seems to be spreading the wealth, not focusing on one player. He might try to go trade for whatever Tarasenko. <laughs> that's, Still, yeah, that, and, that's yes, that's another option. And, and, and get him for cheaper. And then then what it would pay? How much well, are you paying Johnny Gaudreau right now? He's gonna. I think he's gonna ask for at least ten million dollars a year, probably. Forsberg, Forsberg, yeah. probably eight to nine. I don't think he'll get ten, but I mean, either or, you're talking, you know, big money, big money for either. For def, definitely. Um, Tarasenko, though, I don't think he's going to come cheap. The last summer was the time to get him cheap because there was unknowns about his shoulder. But now that he's proved that his shoulder is is totally healed, he's going to command a decent amount in return if you try to trade for him right now. So. All right, and then the, and well, the other wrinkle, the other wrinkle to this is too, is I think one of the reasons the Coyotes didn't trade Chikrin is because they only had a few amount of teams buyers at the deadline who were interested. Now by waiting, now they opened them up to the whole league, where you're going to have pretty much everybody interested in him, more suitors. And I think the Islanders, Lou referenced hockey trades in his post deadline press conference. And that's the way to get better. Something tells me that he's used, he's going to use Beauvillier plus other combinations and try to get Jacob Tricker, and that's the definition of a hockey trade. Good young player for a good young player. Salaries are very similar. Islanders need help on the left side defense. Uh, I would watch out for that too. You know, the Oscars was two weeks ago, and it's been award season. Uh, we were trying to get on last week to say <laughs> what, what players you would want to slap in the face. But anyway uh, – NHL award season is two months away, but the quick question is, is Austin Matthews the winner of the Hart Trophy right now in your mind? I mean, so much is being made of him and is, you know, the way he's scoring goals. Um, so it's really hard to argue it, but I'm still, I'm still a big proponent of Jonathan Huberto for, for the heart. I mean, he's, he's got what, um, 100 and what 304 points now on the year um and i know he plays with barkoff and that's the argument people make against mcdavid drysidel but huberto has been on another level this year and i think i i just think he for my money is the heart winner but i i totally see why matthews very well might win it so i'll i'll go i'll go beer but um I don't know. I just like Jonathan Huberto a lot in the year he's had. I, I'm buying around. Uh, I think he's been the most important player to the Maple Leafs, and he's what's keeping them in. And he just keeps on. The guy's got to score 60 goals. He's got another yeah. month left. He might get the 65, maybe even 70. I mean, I don't even depends. Does he have any more games against Detroit? More on them in a month in a minute. But it's it's just uh, there. There's just so he's been doing so much for this team, and I and I yeah. know the hockey writers always favor anything Canadian related, 
even though he's a U.S. player, but he's playing in the, in the Toronto Maple Leafs, even though everybody hates the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's a different story. But um, unless you're a Leafs fan, I actually don't hate the Maple Leafs. I make lots of jokes about them, but I, I don't. Yeah, I don't hate them. But uh, no, it's I, I think he's a hard trophy winner. Um, I think he's I think he's he's great. And that's just what's going to happen. And look at these numbers, Anthony. 58 goals, 41 assists, 99 points. And and they're not cheapies. He's, he's getting them all right yeah. in the plot. We're going to go to another guy that's producing at a very high level that I think maybe the award's already done. And I'll start it off. Roman Yossi is the Norris, Norris Trophy winner. Let me just say this. I'm <laughs> buying everyone. And I don't mean I don't mean me and Anthony. I'm buying the entire. Uh, well, there's 15 of you watching right now. By the way, <laughs> thank you very much. But also, I'll go to Nashville. I'll buy the entire city, and and then while I'm at it, I'm going to go to Colorado and buy that city too because they should know Roman Yossi, who's going to score a hundred points this season without anyone else on his team scoring a hundred points. I turn it over to you. I mean, it's. It's definitely around. Um, you know, I thought he'd reach 100 points, but he's got 87 points. Uh, a quick look. I don't know how many games Nashville has left. Uh, I Nashville got it right played, on the screen. They played 73 games, so they got they got nine they got nine games left. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if he's going to reach 100, but he's definitely going to be over 90. Um, first defenseman to do that in a long time. Um, and the thing about it is, he's not just the guy that puts up points. He's real solid defensively. Um, I mean, I know it's not going to happen, but screw Norris trophy. I mean, you got to, at least for just the she, at least just for shits and giggles, you got to, I would even throw him in for the heart trophy talk. I mean, he's, I mean, if you take Roman Yossi out, out of Nashville, I mean, how, how would they be right now? I, I, cause I could tell you right now without Roman Yossi, Nashville isn't where they are right now for sure. But yeah, he's, he's fantastic. He's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I mean, he's a defenseman I mean, scoring over 90 points in this day and age, man. And he's matched up against the other team's best players. Like, yeah. that, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Every, and then, and again, this was back during, and if I recall correctly, in the midseason award show, you're the one that kind of went off book and said it was Roman Yossi. Like I had you down for somebody else and then corrected it because uh, he's, 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 he's fantastic. He's, he's, he's great. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's been amazing. And and, yeah. And also think about this. Who does, who's the the superstar in Nashville? Phil Forsberg. Really? That's, that's, that's that's what he's got. (laughs) And Matt Matt Duchesne has had a resurgent season too. Which again, good for Duchesne. Good for um, Ron. Goals. And uh, and Ryan Johansson. Yeah, so. even him. He looked like Johansson was falling off a cliff, and even he's he, he's produced at a good le- at a good clip. Yeah. So I mean, good for all those guys. Yeah. Well, here's another question I got, Anthony. I wonder if he's got any more games against Detroit, because Detroit needs to move on from Jeff Blaschel. <sighs> I don't. Know. I mean, I'm gonna go. I mean, there are some good coaches out there they could get, but. I think I go shot. Um, I think Detroit um, is better than I thought they'd be this season. Um, you know, obviously Moritz Sider has has been fantastic, so that's helped Blashill. Um, 
you know, to, Lucas Raymond's been great. But, you know, there's still a team that doesn't really have that much depth. Um, and they were competitive for a decent amount of time there. Um, so, you know, I think if in another year or two, they're still struggling, then I think you make the move. But it's not like Detroit had playoff aspirations this year and, you know, he fell short. Um, you know, I, I think you need to be a little more patient with him as Cider becomes even better, which is a scary proposition because the kid's already amazing. Um, and, you know, they guys like Raymond get better. Uh, Bertuzzi, you know, is still a youngish player. Uh, Larkin, they got a good foundation there. And I don't see any reason to throw Blashell at the door yet. I think there's still time for him to groom this group. So, shot. Okay, this is where I'm going to go off. And I, I've, I've been waiting to talk about this for a while. But I, I'm buying everybody around again. Really? And the reason why I'm, I'm sort of going scorched earth on this, because I did predict the Red Wings are going to make the playoffs, and it's, and it's not only not going to happen, they're not going to come close. So, Anthony, when I made that prediction, they had 50 points. They've gotten – sorry, they had four, sorry, they had 47 points. I think they played uh, whatever amount of games. They've gotten 19 points in the last two months. Since February 1st, they've had – 14 times they've allowed five goals or more. Yeah. And by the way, one of the, one of those extra times was a shootout. So that sort of counts, but I mean, it's, it's just, they, I mean, they got blown out 11 to two against the penguins. That was um, March 27th. Cause I watched it in an airport. Yeah. That's why I remembered that. And uh, the other thing was, like the 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 ten seven game against the Maple Leafs defense is non-existent, and more ciders playing great. So, I mean, if if teams can't defend, what's I just I I put that on the coach, and you know who's out there when people want to talk about See, the, uh, coaches that are out there, their old coach. You can you can go get them. So, it's, and I don't mean Scotty. This this is I, I this do is why the fact that this, this is. This is a good discussion. I mean, I get what you're saying, but again, how do you put that in? I mean, Eiserman's the GM of the team, and I think he's done a great job, but he can't help that they're still a very raw team. I mean, aside from Cider, who do they have on defense? Mark Stahl. They trade in Nick Letty. Um, you know, they're they're they don't have much team defense. I, that's, so I don't I don't put that on Blash Hill. And again, they're a young team, you know, and the goaltending. Look, again, goaltending's not his fault. Eiserman, he got in Delkovich. Looked like he was going to be. And I still be think Nadelkovic is going to be fine eventually yeah, for them. Yeah, in Carolina he was good. This year he hasn't been so good. Grice has been eh. So I don't really put. So I don't know if you could put that on Blashill. I, I really don't. I mean, yeah, if they suck in another, you know, Eiserman makes a team a little better this offseason, you know, and they're still bad. I, again, maybe in a year or so you revisit the conversation. But right now, I don't think you could hold Blashill that accountable. That's just my opinion. I mean, I. Uh, again, Mike Babcock would not this, – this team would be a lot better with Mike Babcock, and I'm not saying that that's the best place for him to go. It's just yeah. – you know what? Might be. Might be after after his time in Toronto. Go back there. The Tampa Bay Lightning will be a wild card team, Anthony. Uh, I mean, Boston is, what, one point behind them? I, I still think Tampa Bay, you know, listen, they won the cup two years in a row. They know how grueling the playoffs is. They knew they were going to be a playoff team. I also think they, you know, they take their foot off the gas uh, here in the regular season a little bit and then turn it up. Um, 
So I think that's been a case of what's going on here. Um, but uh, I think they hold off Boston. And they finish third, uh, but it's it's up for debate. You know, I'll go I'll go beer. But I think come playoff time, this team's going to turn it up. And as much as it pains me to say it, because they took my Islanders out twice, uh, I think they have a good chance of you know possibly repeating. Sorry, well three peating. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, well. I threw Toronto in there when we were uh, when you're going over the standings. They're right there, 100 points. By the way, it's impressive yep. that I have all these Chirons and Anthony's doing everything by memory. So, <laughs> um, yeah. so okay, but uh, they're five, three, two of their last ten. Boston's only six and four. Toronto's the one that yep. separated themselves. They're seven and two and one in their last ten. Seven, two and one in their last ten, and it's just. Uh, if they were wild card team, I think they'd be the dangerous wild card team. That's why I would agree with some fans that might want to say the Rangers are better off not winning the division. But uh, Tampa Bay, I don't know. They just don't. I don't think they have it right now, and uh, or they haven't put it together. But and a matter of fact, Chris G is saying the same thing. Just doesn't have it anymore. But. We'll see about that. They were they were hoping that they could resurrect that uh, Goudreau, uh, the Goudreau, Gord, and yep. uh, Coleman line. And it's you know what the hard part is. I remember back one year, but they're all in different places now. So it's 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 one of those things. I I don't I don't think that they're there. Brandon Hagel really. They had to give up that much to go get him. Uh, I don't know. I just don't know if Tampa's got it and if their reinforcements aren't coming. Mike NYR was saying before the Oilers haven't been oiling lately. <laughs> and that's the question I have for you, Anthony. The Oilers have um, figured it out. I mean, they're, they're nine points behind Calgary for first. So they're not winning the division, but they very, they're probably going to be in that two or three spot. But I mean, they figured it out for now. Come playoff time, though, I, I, Looking at the, the composition of their team, I think they can unravel pretty quickly. Um, so, yeah, for now, they, lately they've been pretty good. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, if they play L.A. in that first in the first round matchup, I could see them beating L.A., but L.A. is a heavier team. Um, so I think that that doesn't really match up for Edmonton very well. Um, I think that's one of the reasons I got Evander Kane because he could play that heavy game despite playing a skilled game. But – um, you know, overall, I like how they've been playing, but I don't like their goaltending. Smith and Koskinen, I don't, I don't see that holding up um, in a seven-game series. So I'm still not really that high on the Oilers, but yeah. Um, so I guess I'll go. Honestly, I'll go shot. Wow, <laughs> that entire time I didn't think you were you were doing that. Uh, hey, Anthony, I'm gonna go shot too. <laughs> no way. <laughs> They have not figured it out. Yeah. You know, I put this, I put this graphic up and I want to, I want to be clear about this seven, two and one in their last six games, the other games that they've had, they've either let in, um, let's see, I think they let in, well, they let in nine to Calgary. Yeah. So no, you haven't figured it out. <laughs> and you got a, a goaltender that's almost as old as me. And, uh, I mean, Miko Koskinen, just 
I mean, no, he's I've, I've, I've said my piece on him before. I mean, it's it's sort of like the way that I kind of feel that the Oilers have been playing lately is uh, there was an old robot chicken uh, sketch about the most one-sided fights of all time. And there's a guy that steals candy from a baby and you just see him <laughs> punching the carriage. Yeah. That's the way the Oilers have been. The teams that they've been beating lately aren't exactly world beaters. Yeah. You got the Kings that are limping towards the playoffs. I don't, and right now they're only three points up on, on the Vegas Golden Knights and they're only six points mm-hmm. up on the uh, Vancouver Canucks. They might not finish in a playoff spot. So that's I, for I see. One. I see LA holding on. I do. They just lost Drew Doughty for the season. They did. Yep. That's that's going to be a big one, and they're starting to hemorrhage goals. So, mm-hmm. and and a lot of people have a, a lot of even the LA writers are kind of um, like worried about them. So yeah. that's that's going to be it. But uh, I I I got to go shot because no I, <laughs> but I do not believe that. That that they figured it out just yet. They're scoring goals again. Good for them. Yeah, because no. that every 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 offense translates perfectly to the yeah. playoffs. They had they had an ugly game last night against Minnesota, though. They got waxed five to one. Yeah, and so they went up against a good team. That's that's one because it was seven to three. They lost before the trade deadline, and then Minnesota yeah. waxes them again. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Guys, that's going to be the end of our bar talk. So what do you guys think? Are the New York Rangers better off not winning the Metropolitan Division? The Islanders are going to go big game hunting. Austin Matthews is the Hart Trophy winner. Roman Yossi is the Norris Trophy winner. I have to remember all these things at once. Can you do a better job coaching than uh, coaching Detroit than Jeff Blaschelet can? Throw it all down in the comments below. Anthony? I'm actually going to trigger uh, – I'm going to go with an editorial because I'm going to go from an article that was written on our new site, which was uh, BigAppleHockeyPodcast.com. And uh, I'm going to – but it, even though it's an on the mark, you're going to be staying on with me for this. So we haven't done this in a while, guys, so I'm happy to do this. This prediction that's right up here. Uh, being single most of my life. Or just yell at Larry Brooks like every other New York Ranger. Because one topic of conversation, and I'm I'm still flabbergasted by it, but some news can actually wait, people. Because last week, everyone on Twitter was rushing to say that Mike Bossy passed away. It is, and and I give some credit to say uh, a couple of the bigger outlets. I know Spitting Chicklets put up a, an apology on it. Um, I know a couple uh, other guys that, that that apologize for it, but you guys could wait. Come on. The, the, the man is gathered by his family and his friends. Uh, fans fans all, all, all want to mourn. They, they don't need this. What, what are you doing? And what is this for? Likes? Uh, it's, it's for shares? It just just hold. It, it, that's all we need. It's when, when the news, I understand news is based on the, the word new. And that's where information comes from. And if you wait too long, it's called olds. So it's just, we don't need instant knowledge on that. We can wait on that. It's bad enough the news that, that already came out about them, uh, about a great man who has accomplished so much. And uh, you know what? Inaccurate information, th- th- that's, that's the norm these days in news. 
in, in any platform that you go on because everybody just wants to put out there, put out what they've heard. It's rumor. Mm-hmm. No. And, it, and you get some places that they delete the tweets. No, you don't delete it. You sit there, you go, no, I'm going to retweet this and then say, uh, yeah, my bad. I messed up. But it's if you have to delete it, then you shouldn't have been putting it up anyway. Yeah. I mean, there, there's if you, if you look at the Big Apple Hockey Twitter feed, there's a lot of other comments that have been made just by me where I've said, oops, I screwed up. Maybe I should have with my job. Like last night, I didn't know why Tony D'Angelo was getting booed. And then I found out the quote but that he, that he said. I don't care what Ranger fans thought about me. Oops, I should have done my job, you know. But it's just just it, it's it's grotesque, Anthony, and that's just the way that I feel about it. And if any of us are ever pulling this that kind of garbage on Big Apple Hockey and eventually Big Apple Sports, please call us out on it. Yeah, you know what? In this in this day and age, a lot of these you know insiders, like, like for instance, I get I get it with like trying to like be the first one to break a trade or whatnot. But when you're but when you're talking about a man's life, I mean, have some respect. You, you mean you don't want you want to be the first one to get credit for for breaking news that a guy died? I mean, that's just it's just terrible. And spitting chicklets, I know they issued an apology, but that's not something you can get wrong. Like if you're going to report that someone, you know, someone's father, you know, someone's son, et cetera, passed away, like, you know, at least have it be accurate. And clearly it wasn't accurate. Um, you know, it seemed as though, you know, and you would think guys like Biz and, and Ryan Whitney, um, I don't know if it was them directly, but you would think obviously they're a little bit connected. I don't think it was them directly. I, I yeah, think it was with somebody in else. In general, you got – you should at least do some due diligence before you report something like that. I know beforehand there was for the last couple of days, there were reports that he ended in palliative care and, you know, his, his fight with cancer took a bad turn, but I mean, be sure, like, don't like, and even, even if he did let, let Bossy's family inform the Islanders and the NHL, and then let them be the ones that break the news to the general public. I mean, it's just, just, just disgusting irresponsible reporting by them, to be honest with you. And Mike, that's part of the problem now. And I went to school for journalism and journalism ethics. I mean, I didn't graduate. So if you want to hold that against me, go ahead. But it's, it, it's just first social media has just made, and Mike, Mike is also, uh, sorry. Uh, Chris has also just said this too, that the news is a little bit too fast. Social media has just made it worse. Because now everybody's trying to one-up each other. They're already trying to one-up each other. Hell, there was a movie in the 90s called I Love Trouble, which was one of the worst productions of all time. That's a different story. And it it was about reporters always trying to one-up each other on everything. Look, they all want to be Woodward and Bernstein and break Watergate. But the thing is, no, there's... It's uh, thanks, Mike. By the way, but it's just this is this is not. First off, there are times to do that. If you want to say you got the trade right, fine. Then then you can retract that. You can't really retract. That's I mean, and 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 uh, Mike says it right here. Betty White died five times on social media. <laughs> like just yeah, and it's all it's all the, it was all a good laugh until we actually found out that she died, and of course two weeks before her one hundredth birthday. So yeah. it was. It's get it right. Have some journalistic integrity. I know the. I know that I'm saying it all on falling on deaf ears, and I know that I make my little side comments that 
you're just like, wow, that's really being professional. But still, it's, it's stuff like this you can't get away from. And yeah. And and by the way, there we go. There's Dealey on this. So, well, David, you're also, by the way, right on this one. Sinbad is dead, but I think I'm thinking about the uh, the ancient uh, uh, tale from 300 years ago or something. It's just, but but again, Mike Bossy's done great things throughout his life. Even if it's an ordinary person, just you can't be doing that. So just don't just just take a minute before you hit send. That's all I'm asking the press to do. Never mind the sports. Uh, so keep on um keep on commenting, guys. We got one more topic of conversation we're going to get to, and I do have to answer this, uh, Chris. That was the theme from Spy Hunter, which was <laughs> I think the uh. It was the uh, it was a spy show. It was Peter something. I got to remember what it was. It's that's the original theme of that. But Anthony, this week a lot of Michigan players are coming into the NHL, and there's a lot of excitement. Whether it's Owen Power last night, or um, I think last night was Matty Beniers, yeah, and uh, Bobby Brink playing for the Flyers. I think uh, tonight and. Who is some of the players and the prospects you were excited to see coming up? Um, through the college ranks, uh, it was Anders Lee in I think 2012, 2013, when he um, when he turned pro after he finished at Notre Dame. He actually scored a, a goal in his first game against Winnipeg. Um, I was, he was there. playing center, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I believe so. Um, it was one of the, it was a it was like a bad goal, but he like kind of he kind of threw the puck at the net from just inside. I think it was like the top of the circle, and it and it went in. But um, I remember that debut. I was looking forward to. Obviously, of course, you know when they drafted Tavares first overall, his first game. Um, but yeah, those those are the the two that really that really stick out. And then I mean, most recently. You know, Sorokin, when he first joined the team, he was ineligible to play during the bubble. He was able to practice but not play. Um, so his NHL debut with how highly touted he was, that was um, – but that ended up being anticlimactic because his first game was that game against the Rangers, the first game of the year where Varlamov got his bell rung in warm-ups and Sorokin was just like told 10 minutes beforehand you're in and had kind of like deer and headlight look. Um, but that one too was, was uh, memorable for me. Sometimes, sometimes your your debuts don't go as well as what you think. So uh, not everybody is. Uh, I don't think it was Jordan Bennington's first game where he had a shutout. But there's a bunch of guys that got shutouts in their yeah. first game. So it's, it's most more often than not, you just you, the guys yeah. put tape on your on your <laughs> blade and you end up falling yeah. flat on your face. But um, for me, uh, I'd probably have to go recently as Lafreniere and Kako. Uh, I was excited for Keandre Miller as well. Uh, I was excited also to steal Nils Wanquist, but I knew his role was going to be reduced. So that, that that's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Number one, first and foremost, was Chris Kreider. Me and my friend, Timmy Kirkostas, were talking about Chris Kreider coming up and uh, that he was going to be on the Rangers pretty soon. And he told me, he's, he referenced another guy. He said, there's two guys I think that are for real in our entire time being Ranger fans and, and everything. He said it was Mark Savard, who the Rangers never should have traded. I, I still say this right now. And even and by the way, even though he found out what he was in Boston, so it took some time. And the other one is Chris Kreider. 
And again, Chris Kreider took plenty of time to get the 50 goals. This is, but this is the guy we all thought we were going to see. And a lot of Ranger fans were, they, they were frustrated because he wanted to play a speed game. They wanted him to use his size a little bit more, but then he came in in the playoffs and wow. Uh, just, he gets the, the, uh, the big goal versus the Ottawa senators, the game winning goal in game one versus the Washington capitals <clears throat> ended up having six goals in the playoffs that year. And I, uh, it, it, at least now he's he's got some time. I actually have a compilation of uh, the Chris Kreider 50 goals and I'm the reason behind his success this year that'll be coming out hopefully within this week, if not next week. So it's, you know, Kreider, and, and again, it's I, I like to say that, too, because I wish Philk was here just so I could revel in Chris Kreider scoring. Kreider is a, he's a he's an interesting case because, you know, before before the season, um, you know, he was a, he was a very vanilla guy. He'd get you, you know, what, 20, 25 goals, um, mm-hmm. disappear, be a ghost. Um, this year is completely different, which, which again, I'm, you know, I'm pretty unbiased. I call it like it is as a Ranger fan. I think you got to temper your expectations going into next season. Like, honestly, I, I, the guy's not scoring 50 goals again next season. Um, you know, mm-hmm. just if he doesn't, years, and he scores 40, fine at, at 30, at 30 years old, you just don't start becoming a 45, 50 goal scorer. I mean, it just, they're called they're called career years for a reason, and so for me, I think you have to at least lower your expectations and say, okay, you know, hopefully he scores thirty. Obviously, if he scored forty, that that's great, and if he scored fifty again, well, then that's that's fantastic. But I would not, I would not bank on him scoring forty or fifty goals next season. That that's just a tall, that's just a tall order. I mean, you got you got to look at his prior body of work, and at this point. You got to view this as a career year, and then you see what happens next year. Well, by the way, some of these names that are coming through the comments, by the way, thank you guys all for commenting. Don't forget also to like, because that helps the, the YouTube algor- uh, algorithm, as long as I could say algorithm. Uh, but, I mean, Booney Evans was one of those. that You're just like, oh, my goodness, I can't wait for Booney Evans. No, no. I, and, David, I knew it was Sinbad the Comedian. That's I knew we were trying to talk about. Yeah, Joe Rogan's died about 500, 500 times. But, uh Kreider and Adam Fox. I mean, Jack Drury also that was in there. I mean, it's some guys. What's 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 kind of confusing about it with Kreider is this isn't a contract year. This isn't. This is like the middle of his contract. Usually, guys have contract uh, these career years in a contract year. Either they just signed the contract or not. I think the biggest difference is is Gerard Gallant and. He's 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 got them doing some things a little bit more differently, and they're they're finding him better on the power play. He's one of the best net front uh, present players. I said that at the beginning of the year, and this time I think he's just getting the puck more. It's some Derek Stepan couldn't get him the puck as much as uh, Mika Zibanejad could, and you know it's uh listen just just sometimes. There's no science to it. Just sometimes guys have career years and they, they have a really good year. Like like Jason Blake scoring 40 goals out of nowhere. Yeah. Jason Blake scored 40 goals. He never sniffed that again. So again, I mean, you gotta you gotta temper you can't just peg Chris Kreider as a 40 goal scorer because you know he did it 40, 50 goal scorer because he did it this year. You know, you have to see what he does next year and then and yes. then go from there. But if if he's anything like what he is right now, oh boy. Yeah, I mean like, that, that's that's a huge win. But again, 
it's one year. So you, you have to, you can't just say easily pencil him in for 40 or 50. Cause that's tough. He's never done it before no. this year. So, but yeah, I think yeah. he broke, I think he broke the mold on 30. I mean, uh, I think if I recall correctly, and one of the things I have to go through my statistics on is I think every player that scored 50 goals for the New York Rangers never scored 40 ever again for them. Yeah. So, and honestly, it's, it's not, it's not a stretch to say, you know, he'll only score 32 or 35 next year. It, it's not, you have to, you have to wait and see, but yeah, he's, he's, he's great this year. So you just have to let it ride. All right. So let's, let's actually go a little bit more league wide. Who are some of the prospects that you looked at and went, I can't wait to see what this guy is going to be. Well, I think, I think, I could speak for all wild fans and saying Kaprizov finally coming over was like, was like Christmas day. Um, they were, they were waiting for him for so long. And I mean, boy, did he deliver? I mean, Kirill the thrill. I mean, he's, 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 he's outstanding. I mean, he's uh, <laughs> again, you want to talk about MVP in the truest sense of the word. If you take Kirill Kaprizov off Minnesota, I mean, are they a playoff team? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I mean, he's in my he's in my top five. If I was voting for the Hart Trophy, um, he's he's in the top five for sure. Um, other guys, yeah, Caulfield. I mean, I think he was. You know, Canadian fans are really waiting for him. Um, trying to think, some of the guys over the years. Um, uh, let's see. I'll, I'll throw. I mean, you, there's a lot of guys that come from college that teams eagerly wait for. Um, but Sidney Crosby and Austin Matthews were two of those guys. I was like, I can't wait to see. And then Matthews yeah. Yeah. has four goals in his first game. I think. Uh, I think he yeah, had four goals, yeah. uh, three goals in his first four shots. Yeah. That's, that, yeah, that's that was that was a ridiculous debut. <laughs> and. and and of course, um, oh wait, yeah. By the way, I agree with that. Uh, although, by the way, he did technically, <laughs> he did technically uh, never play a game for any other team. So, uh, Chris, that that that's <laughs> Hugh Jessamin. Hey, Anthony, can I ask you a question? Do you remember yeah. who you guys got in that draft in the, the Islanders? Yeah, Robert Nilsson. And Robert Nilsson became something else, right? No, he, no, he was he was one of the guys they traded for Ryan Smith. Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah. That's why when I talk about this, that the Rangers, Hugh Jessamine, tied in goal scored with me and you, and uh, the Anthony's got a better shot than me. I hear. And it's just, I mean, at least the Islanders got something out of it. Just, yeah, Hugh Jessamine, you could have picked anyone. <laughs> so anyone. <laughs> Um, Dominic, you're right about this. Uh, Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews, uh, Bedard's going to be the next one that we're going to be looking at. But I, you also had, I mean, another thing about the Connor McDavid scenario is there was the not really a debate who was going number one, but Jack Eichel as, as number two. You had a Good lot of people that wanted Jack guys. Eichel to be the better player, and, and eventually, uh, more insider, by the way, I, I was looking forward to him all year this year. Yeah. The great part about doing this channel is, and especially uh, fantasy sports as well, is we've started to expand our horizons a little bit. But who's uh, who's one player that you were waited for for a while and and was disappointed with? Um, 
I mean, there's there's been a few. I mean, obviously, uh, Josh Bailey was one. Um, you know, I, at the time he was, you know, when he was drafted, uh, I think they were based on how he performed with Hall in the, you know, in the OHL. Um, you know, him, he kind of, but then again, you know, he came up at a time where the Islanders didn't really have much talent at all. So I think to this day that that's hurt his development. Um, so Bailey, Bailey was one. Um, Eric Fisho, I thought there were higher expectations for Eric Fisho. He finally came wow. aboard. Yeah. Um, he's, <laughs> he was definitely one of them. Um, so there, there, there have been a bunch throughout the years, but those two stick out in my head, at least from an Islander perspective. Uh, you mentioned Eric Fisho. I remember a goal in 97 that he allowed that Mark Messier hit him in the crest and it still went in. And that's just one of those moments where you're just going, you're not going to make it in this league, kid. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, and, and he looked like he was going to be the part. He looked yeah. like it. I mean, um, Michael Delzato is a guy that comes to mind. Well, that well, I well. thought he was, I, not that he, not that he disappointed right away. He was more of like the long thing. He was pretty good for the Rangers for about two years. What about Pavel uh, Brendel? Pa- oh, well, we never got to see Pavel Brendel as a <laughs> New York Ranger. So there you go. Jamie Lundmark. There you go. That's actually one that I can think of that I saw him and wondered, is this kid going to be anything more? I I think the Rangers wasted Donnie Mahaltra, but that's, I think that as far as that goes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Bill Chadwick always said he couldn't put the puck in the ocean. So, <laughs> oh, it's just... You know, there's there's a lot of but there's a lot of those guys that you just you know that's that's the reason why you got to prove it. You got to get up to the league, and you know all the best of luck to Owen Power and Manny Beneers, and uh, I mentioned Bobby Brink, who are the Rangers going to see tonight. Yeah. But I mean, there's it, it, are they going to be Anders Lee, where you're going to see him as a center, and then they're going to move in the wing, and he's going to flourish. Yeah. Or is or is it going to be? Chris Kreider, who's going to take a, a eight years to, to reach 50 goals. It's geez, eight years. I think it's almost, it's almost, well, it's nine. It's nine yeah. seasons. Yeah. And he, cause he was the 2012 playoffs. So that's about it. Um, <laughs> shoot the puck, Barry. And Nicholas, you're right about this one. It was uh, Lisa Ann who, yeah. was, uh, <laughs> who put him on blast. <laughs> and, and that's just where you, that's where you make it makes you roll your eyes and just go oh like where are your priorities that's why yeah. you gotta you gotta succeed first before you think you're anything great so yeah uh, we we do want to hear what you guys think uh what are some of the players that you were excited to see and did they live up to your expectations put it all down in the comments below Anthony I have one more question to ask you before we start any um uh Q&A right now but do you have any bet recommendations for tonight it's only three games on a lot of times I like to do point parlays um the other night last couple of nights uh I've been fortunate enough to hit on um six leg parlays of guys getting points um mm. uh, I've also missed quite a few but I've I've been you know thankfully I've, I've won a decent amount um so I'd, I'd have to take a look but um off the top of my head uh I, I sometimes bet on like first period winners and just looking at the schedule tonight, um, you know, I think taking the Rangers over Philly to win the first period is a good one. 
uh, to take Colorado winning the first period against LA in a parlay. Um, I like that, but um, usually when there's a huge slate of games, I do those six leg parlays for points. All right. Well, cause we're going to get more of his bet recommendations. Cause you don't want mine. I've got, uh, I've got the reverse of the Midas touch. As far <laughs> as that goes, I always, I, I always get irony whenever it comes to my bets losing like the, I could have hit a five team parlay, but uh, Brad Marchand missed an open net with one second remaining, <laughs> stuff like that, or they hit the post. Yeah. So, all right, Anthony, we're going to go. Uh, any other rumors or um, news around the week? Um, I mean, no, it, right now it's all about playoff time. But, um, you know, I, I think once the season ends for teams that miss the playoffs, uh, you'll start to maybe hear some news about, you know, their plans with maybe some players who might be on the block or might not be coming back. Um, so right now there's uh, there's no rumors. The only thing I could say is regarding Gaudreau and Forsberg, um, they're not signed yet. You would think that, you know, if they were going to return, they would be signed by now. So, um, you know, I've been of the belief of, as going through it with Tavares um, and sure there are exceptions to the rule. If you have a big time free agent like that, and he hasn't re-upped with your team by, you know, by the deadline. I think most of the time it doesn't it doesn't spell good news for those teams. So, um, you know, me personally, I know you mentioned before you think Forsberg returns. I've heard mm-hmm. that you know he does like Nashville, but there's a certain there's a certain point where it reaches. You got to start to wonder. Okay, well, if the guy really liked it that much, you know, he would have made it work. So. Uh, again, a little too early to tell, but you know, I, I personally think those guys, um, those guys might hit the market. There's, um, I, I just, I have the confidence that Floresburg likes Nashville. Now I'm not too worried about Johnny Goudreau only because I mean, I mean him going to free agency, he is going to free agency that I think that's their plan all along. It's just, they're going to say, we're good enough. Let's go for it. Yeah, some, and they are good enough. I think I they're get, good enough to win the cup. I get, they definitely are. I get the vibe though that I don't think Calgary um, is willing to pay him market value what he can get in the open market, and I think that's why Gaudreau is going to at least want to test free agency. I really do. I mean, yeah. I, I, something tells me that I don't know if Calgary is going to go to ten plus million for him. Uh, I got to address this comment right over. Actually, you know, I'm going to come back to this one for you in a minute, Chris. But there's uh, – David's actually got a good point right here. Who's going to be more PO, the Flyers losing by eight or the Rangers losing to the Canes? Well, the Rangers – both teams are on back-to-backs, so uh, there's no advantage to one over the other. The Rangers do have to travel to Philly, but whatever. The Rangers better come back on it right now yeah. if they want to still have those the hopes for the division right now. Uh, Chris said, I'm sad that the Hulu cast didn't show the tributes to Fast, Shay, <laughs> Tony D'Angelo, and Brendan Smith. Anthony, I'm gonna just, I'm, I'm gonna sound insensitive when I say this. Do we have to have tributes to every player that we, ever we, leaves a team? We, we've talked about this before. A tribute to Brendan Smith, it would be a joke. Um, Tony D'Angelo. Even fast, Shay. It's no, those you don't. I mean, yes, for fast was at least with the team since 2013, so yeah. I'm, I'm acceptable with that. But the 
I, 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 everybody's got to get a tribute now. Yeah, no. He has fast. I'm okay with, and he had his own tribute, by the way. Brady Shea, I can't help but look at Brady Shea and wonder. Every time I ever look at Brady Shea, I think about the parallel universe where AJ, uh, sorry, Elaine Vigneault doesn't bench him for basically the last eight minutes versus Ottawa when he had a two goal game, yeah. and and he played him. Does his career flourish after that? Because he, I thought he was, I thought he was burgeoning on a on a great talent, and then suddenly after that he just went to a giveaway machine. Yeah. So. I don't know, but yeah. Uh, but by the way, Chris, this is where you're right about this. And this is the reason why I'm actually on the Esper fast train on this, but he was five times the player's player. Tony D'Angelo yeah, was punched true. out by his goaltender. That's true. I mean, as, as far as the rest of this stuff goes, you can leave it to the newspaper writers, yeah. but we, I wish we, I wish you were there with us that day. Cause it would have worked out great. But we were trying to do an honest press conference where Philk was Jack Eichel, and I wanted you to pop in as John Tavares, oh. <laughs> and I was popping. I popped in as Mark yeah. Messier, but um, I ended up not putting in as a as a as a shorter segment because it didn't come out as well as I wanted to. But John Tavares had people peeing on his jersey. Like, how much worse could it possibly get? <laughs> and in the meantime, Mark Messier got the video tribute when nobody got video tributes. Yeah, like that. That just don't don't water this stuff down. I mean, but then again, we could still appreciate a player without a without a, a video tribute. Uh, this is uh, I I think that this would be a big mistake. Um, you know, one he's got a great shot. He's still young, and he plays for a coach that's very strict on young players. Um, I think he's going to be a really good player in this league. And also the counterpart too is he's on an ELC and you, you need players on ELCs yep. to drive down your cap. So um, if they were to trade Wallstrom, I got to tell you, they'd better be getting a really good player uh, in return because uh, his ceiling's pretty high. Um, and while on topic, Chris, yes, Chris, Chris is right here. <laughs> I think Beauvillier is the piece they have to go in that hockey trade that Lou uh, has talked about. Um, he's young. He's he's good cap hit four point one million. Um, he still has a little bit of a higher ceiling to hit. Um, so I think I think he's the candidate to really use to get that, you know, that top four defenseman. Because yeah, John Klingberg's out there as Mark referenced. But oh yeah, he's twenty nine years old. Not old, but I would rather I would rather a younger top four D. Um, than Klingberg. I'm just, I'm not going to complain if that's what they did, but I think Beauvillier is the piece to get that, whether it be Chikrin, Sam Girard, anybody else. Let's say they they whiff on Goudreau and uh, and Forsberg. Uh, do do the Rangers? Sorry, the, do the Islanders then go again? John Klingberg. Well, I was going to say if they miss on those two forwards, you go to Tarasenko because they they need another they need another goal scorer. They, well, they, they can get Tarasenko, who's already under contract. They trade for him. Yeah, they no. And what I'm saying is they could trade yeah. for him. Do you still go get a Klingberg? Yeah, they they need they need a, a top four D on the left side to replace Letty. They didn't do that this past off season, and they mm-hmm. need a they need another you know they need another uh, top six forward. It, you know it, you know it, it's it, funny. Um, they need another top six forward, but the narrative would have been completely different. Like when they lost that one nothing game to Tampa Bay in, in game seven, 
Um, if they would have won that game one nothing, you wouldn't hear anybody saying, oh, they lost because they needed another goal scorer. You, you wouldn't have heard it. Um, it's just funny how that played out. So, yes, they need another goal scorer, but you can't lose sight of the fact that they lost a one nothing game in a game seven. You know, could have easily gone the other way and no one would be even talking about that. But um, it is what it is. But the fact remains, yes, they do need another goal scorer for sure. I'm just going to change that to we'll take your questions. But I do want to also uh, throw another name out here because Chris Frost just threw this one out. But first, I want to also um, ask this. Anthony, who was the one that cautioned Islander fans and the Islander organization about getting rid of Nick Letty last year? You. Oh, that was you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that's really the best move. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know well, what it is? I get why Lou did it. He needed – he needed some calf space. Uh, Letty had Letty had value as evident. They got they got a good haul for Letty with the with the picks that they eventually turned into um, uh, all to Ratty Ratu. Um, so that that and you know now he's their best prospect. So I get it. He had good value, but the plan should have been to replace him with another top four defenseman who could skate, not Zdeno Chara who can't move very well. You know, but you know. You know it's hard. I I'll get I'll get to this in a second. Um, yes, but but what could you? How about this? Can you address this one? Yes, I will. Um, a lot of a lot of Islander fans get on Lou for not making like you know wholesale changes after losing that one nothing game to Tampa Bay, like not pulling the trigger on Tarasenko. Um, but they. They just came off two back-to-back conference final losses, so they got pretty far. So I get why in Lou's head, okay, this team, you know, pretty much, you know, almost made it to the top of the mountain two years in a row. Why should I, why should I tinker with the whole chemistry and upset everything? So I get why he came back with the with the with the same team. Um, with that said, now that they failed this off this year, they absolutely need to add, like we were talking about. Sign Goudreau, Forsberg, trade for Tarasenko. They they need to do absolutely something. Uh, Mark, this is my good funny my good friend Manny. It's funny to see him finally <laughs> hey, join. So, um, maybe a bag of pucks like ends like a new net, like a shiny new red net. I think my value would at least <laughs> at least be that. Um, Anthony, you're definitely worth at least water bottles as well. Yeah. So. Uh, but as I do. As for the question about trading the first round pick, um, I disagree with that because the Islanders, the one reason why this may be a blessing in disguise to have the year they've had is, you know, aside from Ratu, you know, Robin Salo, um, you know, William DeFore, who I don't know if you know, he's tearing up the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Um, one of the, you know, top leading scorers in the whole league for a while. He was first. Um you know, he was a fifth-round pick a couple of years ago, so hopefully that's a hidden gem. They'll sign him. But they need to improve their prospect pool. So having a, you know, a first-round pick wherever it falls, you know, maybe they win the lottery, highly doubt it. But um, even if they got, you know, 10th to 15th overall, 8th, wherever they land, um, they could really use that player. I know they want to win now, but they also need to look to the future. So I would not, I would not trade – that first round pick this year, I would use it to actually pick a player. I'm going to address one comment and then come back to a question that I have right mm-hmm. up here that uh, I want to get back to. But uh, does Tarasenko still even want to be traded anymore? Yes, he does. Yes. 
He does. The difference is Tarasenko's yeah. a professional. Yeah. He's still angry about some of the things that happened in there. He'll he might even stay next year if they don't uh I think I think it was as recent as I think a month or two ago. I thought I read something from uh, Jeremy Rutherford who covers the uh the blues, the beat writer from the athletic said that nothing changed in that department and Tarasenko still wants to change the scenery. So um I know a lot of people criticize St. Louis for holding on to him, but in retrospect, they made the right move because now he proved his health, his shoulders healthy. He's having a phenomenal year. Now they'll get the typical return you would have thought of when you heard Tarasenko's name in a trade. So good for them. One thing that always makes me happy is every time I ever see this name right here, John D. Lee, and it's uh, most likely to resign Cop or Strom. I'm going to go with Cop because me Cop too. is younger and Cop. Isn't going to cost as much. Like I think he might go to five, five and a half million, maybe not that much. He's a more versatile player than Ryan Strom is. He's a better player than Ryan Strom is. I'm sorry to say it like that, but <laughs> it's uh, I I I don't need to say that I'm not exact. I I let me let me choose my words better right here. But if Ryan Strom is a New York Ranger last the next next season, he's not coming in with a discount, and he's got to accept a, a reduced role. Like the New York Rangers can't afford to keep delaying the development of Lafreniere and Kako. And I know what everybody's going to tell me. Well, they tried him on the second line. They tried him on the first line. Well, because those two went to the wrong situation. They really did. Let's be honest with this. If the Rangers were further down in the draft, they end up with Ter- Tre- uh, Trevor Zegras, maybe like Jamie Drysaddle. Uh, sorry, Drysaddle, uh, Drysdale. Who knows who they end up? Then maybe Marco Rossi. But instead, they got these two guys that didn't exactly fit their needs. But you know, the Brennan Oppen's coming next year. That might make Capocacco expendable. So it's Mark. I'll I'll I'll, I'll hit you with this. Um... Again, I, I, I tell it like it is. Um, I think the Rangers need a stronger second-line center. And Cop, great player. I view him more as like a Pajot, like a really, really good 3C. Strom, Absolutely. Strom is, to me, he's, he's a product of playing with a guy like Artemi Panarin on an average team. He's not a true number, number two center. He wouldn't be putting up the points he did if he didn't play with Panarin. So I'll pose this, and I think it's the best move for the Rangers, and I would think most of the Ranger fans would agree. I think they should move on from both and get themselves a true a, a true number two center or even a guy who could be a number one center. You know where I'm going. Mark Shifley. Go, yes. go get a higher end 2C, not a middling guy like Cop or Strong. I think that's the best play for the Rangers. Um, uh, now, well, I, I still think – Keeping Cop is the best option. Well, yeah, you, you can. yeah, you you keep him as a three C. But I think I think if they can go Zabinajad, Shifley, or Shifley Zabinajad, then Cop. That's a that's a real strong three um, down the middle. And yeah, you know, obviously the the cap is a huge part of this. They have Fox's extension kicking in, Zabinajad's extension kicking in. So I know it's going to be a little tight. You have Truba making a lot of money, but if you can make that deal work with Shifley or similar, you know, a similar center of that ilk that maybe would become available. I think that's the best. I think that's the best plan for the and Rangers. The Rangers have been trading with Winnipeg. They've traded uh, for Jacob Truba. They traded Kevin Hayes there. They've traded. Uh, so Kevin Cheveldayoff is 
and obviously Andrew Cop. He's done plenty of business with the New York Rangers over the last few years, so that's not a problem. Uh, Julian, that's that's actually somewhat funny that it would crats off for Tarasenko. Uh, I worry about this now. I know you're t- talking about just part of a package, not straight up, but um, I, I worry about getting too many stars. I ask that question a lot. And by the way, obviously the Mets must be playing because this thing has been going off like crazy, <laughs> but uh, I, I worry about getting too many stars on the team because then you get guys that lose their roles. And I say this all the time when it comes to, uh, if the Rangers did get Mark Shifley, is he on power play one? If he's on power play one, then what are you doing again? What are you doing with Kako and Lafreniere? There's got to be a plan. Somebody come, tell me what the plan is, but there is no plan with these guys. We're never going to get uh, Alexei Lafreniere has played slightly more power play time than me. And we're tied in points. That is not a good thing. And he's a number one overall draft pick. So you know, Lafreniere first, I'll, I'll get to Tarasenko in this hypothetical crafts off. Tarasenko's got like what 60, 69, 67 points. I think actually 67 points in 66 games. Um, he's back to the territory now with his value where I think St. Louis might be able to get a first round pick for him. So um, I, I think Krasov's not enough. Um, I think you'd have to give more. And I think that could be an issue for some teams. Um, David, let me correct this. I think the it's not the Mets. Are they losing yet? Is that they've blown it yet? That's where it should be. Um, Lafreniere. Um, I mentioned this before. A lot of my good friends that play on my men's league team, um, they've they've already had enough with Lafreniere. Um, they think he's not as good as he was hyped to be. Um. He's – I know there are a lot of Ranger fans that, that still like him a lot. And, again, he's in his second year. It's still very it's still very early. But very early. Very early. But for a first overall pick, having 25 points in 75 games, it's not good. You, you, it's, not, it's not good. Um, again, the role that he was – what is his role on this team? No, I get – listen, I, and I, I get it. I get it, but they're for the for the naysayers of Lafreniere. They say if he's as talented as he says, even despite maybe he doesn't get the minutes or the chances that he should get, he would still be able to overcome that and produce because he is because he is that good. So that that's that's the argument to it. I mean, again, it's a second year in the league, but however, just like Kako, I think if next year. Let's say through 75 games, he's got 25, 30 points again. You, you start to have you start to have a conversation. Then you have to start looking. Was maybe this guy not as good in a week, you know, like a weaker class? You know what I'm saying? Um, it's not, it's not, it's not crazy. It, it's not a crazy thing to to think. Um, I mean, hell, Adam Pellick is a defensive defenseman. No power play time either. I mean, you have you have Dobson on the first unit and the second unit you have Pollock. And Adam Pellick has more points than Alexis Lafreniere. I mean, that's not uh, yeah, that's not that's not a good look. And um, and it, it, they've they've moved them around to different lineups, they've moved around to different positions. By the way, I just want to say, David, I've it tied in power play points. I don't have a power play point, neither does Alexei Lafreniere. So <laughs> it's um it's it's one of those things that it's 
it's if they would have gotten another right wing, it would have made more sense. If they would have gotten another center, it made more sense. And I don't want to hear about that the Rangers made the wrong choice. This is what Central Scouting said. Those were the guys to go get. All the fans knew it as soon as they finished second in the lottery and first in the lottery. Those were the guys they were getting. You don't just – they could have traded down out of that, but they didn't. They went with this guy. And by the way, this could also be another Tyler Sagan situation where you got a guy on a team – Except Tyler Sagan produced, I believe, one season for the Bruins. And then they moved him, and then look what happened. Boom. So let's all just, uh, you know, settle down. Simmer down. I get where the angst is coming from, though, because you have those expectations, and they're not being met. And obviously we live in New York where it's all, you know, instant gratification. So, again, still plenty of time. But if next year, you know, he's still failing to, you know, score at a good clip, uh, then you then you you know start to wonder. By the way, and all this stems from the Ryan Strom conversation. Because let me also say this: if you re-sign Ryan Strom, you might as well trade Lafreniere and Kako, and then and then get and then get some other teams' top prospects. Maybe well, maybe that they fit. Let me ask you this: if Shifley were on the table, because again, again. I think if he could be moved, especially the year that Winnipeg had, and it's clear that Kyle Connor is the, you know, essentially the guy they're they're building around, um, and Blake Wheeler's aging. Um, if they ask for either Lafreniere or Kako, do you do you move them? I'm assuming you guys would prefer Kako, but you know, would you trade a guy like Kako for Shifley? For my opinion, as you know, someone that doesn't have a horse in this race. I would move Kako for for Shifley and a deal. I let me let me throw a name out at you out at yeah. you right now, because in the late nineties, there's been other players that fans were going, "Oh, I'm tired of this guy. I'm tired of this guy," and then he gets moved to a different situation and explodes. Mm-hmm. For the Rangers, we're going to go with Alexei Kovalev, mm-hmm. and then for the Islanders, we'll go with Todd Bertuzzi. Yeah, and both those both those in instances we could say were mistakes. The Rangers even reacquired Alexei Kovalev, yeah, and was still eh. But I mean, Alexei Kovalev was a very good Ranger his first time around. He was just he was he was great in the playoffs. The Rangers don't win the '94 Cup without him. But that being said, you know he he kind of was la di da, and then would turn it up in March. But as far but Bertuzzi on the other hand, that's a guy you look at and win. He's sort of the one that got away, and then he broke Steve Moore's neck. Well, do you do you move Kako for Shifley? In my opinion, like I said, I you know I do it. I'm not. I don't claim to be this NHL scout or have you know or have the best eye of all. Yeah, time. we're working on of, on, of on best our eye of all time for talent. However, I think I've I've seen enough to Kako where I could say I don't I don't think it's a guarantee at all that he becomes a better player than what Mark Shifley already is right now. Um, so for me, I would move Kako in a, in a package for, for Shifley. I and, would. And you know what? I would do it. I would do it. I'm just going to say I still think Kako's going to flourish somewhere else if that happens. And I think so would Philip Heedle to a lesser extent. And, I, you know, it's not like I looked at Leah Sanderson and knew this kid does, does not have what it takes. Now, 
One thing I will say for Alexis Lafreniere and for Capo Caco, if you're not getting enough ice, ice time, go ask your coach how to get more ice time. There's a lesson for all you young players yeah. out there. Because you could say, just simply put, you know, you know, coach, I'll, I'll, I'll do the penalty kill. Now the Rangers don't need them right now, but that's just any way you can get on the ice. Because after mm-hmm. all, uh, one of your favorites over the years, Alexander Ovechkin, the, the way to neutralize them was to, yeah, to, to get them on the PK, and then they don't use them. But Sidney well, Crosby played the PK. It's it's hard. It's hard to stop Alex Ovechkin. The guy's like a robot. Keeping him on the bench. Yeah. That's the way to do it. The Russian, the Russian machine don't break. Peter Nedved, by the way, David, yes, to a lesser degree, also was um was a guy that they moved and got back. And but also, by the way, I'm glad you brought up Peter Nedved for this. It's the reason why roles are so important. Peter Nedved is the top line center with the checkmates produced very well. Rangers go out and get Eric Lindros, and they still had Mark Bessier in tow. There, Peter Nedved ends up being the third line center at one point. And that's, I saw that, that's not a way to succeed. There was a there was a comment further back. I saw someone mentioned Dylan Larkin. I just wanted to, um, yeah, uh, that was uh, John. Address that because um, in uh, in the all things Islanders that your, our friend John Solomon runs, someone. Someone mentioned Larkin for the Islanders, and he'd rather have him over Forsberg and Gaudreau. And I said, well, first off, Larkin's not a free agent. He's got a year left. And Larkin, what, what's the incentive for Detroit to trade Dylan Larkin? And if anything, they'll they'll probably try to extend him once he becomes eligible for an extension, I think, in, in January. of, of um, or, or no, or he, Actually, he might – no, I think he's avail- – he's, he's, uh, he's eligible for an extension this summer, being he's got one year left. Um, but – there's no, there's no need for, if anything, I think the only way Eiserman is trading Dylan Larkin is if next trade deadline, two criteria. The Red Wings are out of it, and he still hasn't signed. Then maybe he thinks about trading Dylan Larkin. But right now, I, I think Dylan Larkin's off the table. I don't, I don't see any reason for the Wings to move him. I, I don't see any reason why um, Steve Eiserman would move his top center right now. And I think there's more of a reason for him to try to like improve on the team. Uh, yeah. Hugh Suter is okay. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a matter of still getting some more people in there that can do what they're going to do. Uh, this was a topic of conversation a while ago and it's, and I'll bring it up right now because uh, D brought up that the Rangers development uh, coaches are terrible. Yeah. The Rangers have a problem in the development, but when it's, They've been bringing up the development coaches because it's Jed Ortmeyer, Tanner Glass, and Matt Hunwick. And the uh, if you look at other organizations that are doing a great job right now, like, say, for instance, the Florida Panthers, it's Gregory Campbell. So you're going to get a lot of guys that now, by the way, Gregory Campbell, son of Colin Campbell, if I, if I recall correctly, then he's got an eye from a coach. He's got an eye from an executive. He's got an eye from – but in, Colin Campbell wasn't exactly a great player by any, any means, but is sometimes those who can't teach and sometimes they make the decisions. It It is sensible for the, for the fans to say this because we haven't seen a great development from any forward on the New York Rangers in a long time, like a great forward. We're talking about Tony Monty. Uh, Chris Kreider is the first New York Rangers drafted 40 goal scorer since Tony Amante. 
and I believe 30 as well. So it says everything you need to know. And I got, um, those who can't got teach, a, there you go. Got a couple of minutes before I'm going to jump off, Mark. So I'll take a couple. Um, no problem. We're going to take a couple no. more minutes uh, ourselves. One thing um, I thought was was interesting also on the, my, the All Things Islander page there. I mean, it just proves that there's idiots in every fan base. And, you know, if you're a Ranger fan, believe me, you there are a lot of your fellow Ranger fans that are complete fools and all, all fan bases. Um, but there was a fan that was saying that the Islanders should trade Barzell. It's like, what do you – like, yeah, you could get a lot for him, but why But why would you ever do that? Like, it just, it just doesn't make any sense. First, let me just say, on one second. David, 100% right on this. Let me go back to what your comment is. I, I don't know why you would you would think about trading uh, Matt Barzell because the guy's your franchise center. Now that's one reason why I think a few like one of our last broadcasts. It's by the way, it's great to be back, guys. Uh, that the Islanders uh, could use Brock Nelson as the number one center. You need a Matt Barzell. You need the explosive talent. You need you need somebody that's going to be able to do all these things. And now I, I think, especially minus Jordan Everly, Matt Barzell's got to find that line mate that he's got co- chemistry with. This is where we get into that debate about Ryan Strom because there's chemistry with Ryan Strom and Artemi Panarin. The problem I have with Artemi Panarin, and there's sometimes the the talk about, oh, it's going to upset Panarin. Well, Artem Anisimov had career years with Artemi Panarin. Uh, and a matter of fact, Patrick Kane as well. Then he went to uh, he went to Columbus and still pl- had career years with whoever the center was, and he was an MVP candidate playing with Ryan Strom. He looked just as good with Andrew Cop when Cop was centering those few games minus Strom. So I, I don't want to hear that. Oh, I, that's my center. Don't trade him. It's you're going to have to guys get moved all the times. And by the way, Chris, you're right about that because the Islanders are not in a, in a rebuild. They don't need to trade Matt Barzell. Now let's say for instance, because I'm rooting for anarchy that the Edmonton Oilers are swept again in the first round. You think maybe Connor McDavid might ask out early on dry saddle. If that's the case, do you trade Matt Barzell to go over there? Hands down, I would. And because his his contract's coming up uh, next year, it runs out. And then you got to resign him again. So who knows what his price is going to be? So go on from there. Uh, now, again, it's going to take much more than just Matt Barzell for any of those guys. Still don't know if there's ever a, a package for Connor McDavid that really would work. So, but if Wayne Gretzky get get traded, anyone can. Gretzky was traded twice. Yep, Mike, we had we had um we had a video about this about a few months ago, and it was ridiculous then, because if that's the case, you got two guys that just took the culture of a losing organization. Sorry, guys, they were a losing organization at the time. They're not now. And now they're a draw for free agents. They got a brand new building. They got an owner that cares. 
you got a GM that's competent and one of the best coaches of all time. Where's the problem? You had one bad year. Boo hoo. I know New York fans can be fickle, but still. And we can be fickle, guys. That's what we could always be. Um, <laughs> I wish McDavid comes to the Rangers. Oh, that would be so, so great. Yeah, I haven't, John, I haven't seen it out of Kirby Doc. I, I, I haven't seen it. I've, I've seen him make some great plays. I've seen Filipino make some great plays, but haven't really seen the uh, the explosiveness that I thought out of Kirby Doc. Which, by the way, Kirby Doc that was that was the guy that some fans were saying, "Oh, the Rangers should pass on Kako for Doc." Okay, how's that working out? Um. Yeah, uh, Nick, I'm going to highlight this one. This is 100% right. Uh, this, this, this isn't even the worst season, not only for Islander fans, but any New York fan. I mean, hell, the 92 Mets is always the, uh, the, the, the barometer for a team that spent so much trying to elevate their expectations and ended up falling flat on their face. And a matter of fact, uh, I mean, Islander fans have had to deal with much worse Never, never mind the ownership struggles of the '90s uh, between Pickett, between Milstein and Glockstern, between uh, hell, uh, John Spano, John Spano, John Spano. If he actually had money, would have been a great owner for the Islanders. Um, I like this one, Granny. We're gonna go to that one, uh, Matthew Boldy. <laughs> Man, he looks good. He looks good. And a lot of, you know what? A lot of, going back to what Chris G is saying right here, the Kirby, the Kirby Doc thing, a lot of people thought he had the intangibles to be the next Jonathan Taves, who, by the way, he was playing with. So there you go. And we got Anthony back. Yeah. Yeah. We got a phone. I mean, but it, you saw the 30 for 30 on John Spanner, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you know what? As Mike is saying, he almost pulled it off. He did. Because here's the thing. Every, it, it seemed like a perfect fit for everybody involved. The fans wanted it. The players wanted it. The NHL wanted it. Problem is the guy had no money. So that's. Well, they, they, always, they always say, right? Fake it till you make it. He literally almost faked it until he made it. So. Oh, but, but Anthony, but the best part about it is he is probably one of the reasons why the Islanders never even had to worry about relocation because he renegotiated no. the TV contract. Yeah, he did. He did. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the next Taves. Oh, man. Marco Rossi's up, by the way. He's what? Is he up for Minnesota? He was at one point. I, I think he. I think he went back down. Uh, him and him and Baldy got. I think recalled at the same time, and and kind of Baldy, you know, really took off and produced. He stayed up, but Ro Rossi was was really producing at a good clip in the AHL. So um, he's definitely going to be a big part of their future. But Baldy was really was has been in the NHL producing really well for them. 
This was one of those things, Anthony. I got I got to get your opinion with this as well because I thought this was stupid when I heard it. A lot of Ranger fans, when they heard about Leas Anderson throwing a silver medal into the stands, yeah, I remember this that. guy <laughs> is going to be the future captain. Yeah, and you can see that right now with LA. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just no. I I I thought I heard that and thought he was a petulant child. Yeah, so did I. So yeah, a lot of people, but a lot of people had that. Oh, he's not going to accept losing as a thing. Yeah. Well, guess what? Losing is part of the game. Makes you better. Yeah. So. By the way, Bo- uh, Boldy thirty points in thirty-seven games from Minnesota. So, um, that that's you know that's pretty good. Uh, Boldy was uh is American, right? Uh yes, he's born in uh, Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah, he was on the, US, the USA team. I forgot about that. Yeah. I, I need to confirm that before yeah. I said it. Because after all, as, as Chris G said, and I have to agree with 100%, I've said a lot of stupid shit in my time. <laughs> yeah, so. I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how Minnesota is going to afford Kevin Fiala. Going forward. Yeah, but you know what? The fact that he's an RFA yes. is exactly a good thing for Minnesota. Well, yeah, so At least they can get something back. But yeah, he's a controllable, controllable asset. Yeah, and uh, by the way, Granny, I got to watch more of him as you're mentioning that. Um, but. but I got, I just wanted to quickly, before I go, I just wanted to quickly get back to what I was before my wife called me um, uh, about the Barzell comment. It's like, um, I, I just, I just don't, it just doesn't make sense to me because, you know, the, the again, I, I get that you would be able to get a lot, lot for him, um, but. The Islanders plan on, you know, contending for a cup next year and and there's no there's no need to move him. Like I just think people are frustrated because like, you know, he I don't know. They I, I don't know, maybe they don't score enough. He doesn't score enough for the liking. But yeah, remember he's a playmaker more than a goal scorer. Um and you don't you don't trade a guy who skates as well as he does. He he's we've talked about this before. Um he's easily top three skaters in, in the league, McDavid, McKinnon, Barzell, McCarr. Um, I mean, they're, they're a step above everybody else. And his edge work is the best I've ever seen. Um, so you don't, you don't move a kid with like that with his, with his talent. Um, you Let me throw this out at you. Cause this is what I talked about when you were on that phone call, which yeah. was that let's say Edmonton, it gets knocked out in the first round, swept again. They got to make a, a decision. They say either McDavid or Drysidle. Let's say it's Drysidle because that's the one that makes a little bit more logical sense. Barzell, his contract comes up after next year, correct? Mm-hmm. Is he still an RFA? He's a UFA. Yeah, no, RFA. He's an RFA. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then that's even better for the Islanders because then the yeah. Islanders then have a little bit more leverage. Mm-hmm. So then they could trade him, say, for instance, for, with somebody for Drysidle. And upgrade and upgrade from there, and I, I would not want to see the Islanders then. By the way, because that, that's why uh, when 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 people say players are untouchable, it's like anybody's tradable. But there are certain things that are fantasy land. Yeah, so Islander fans will say, well, the same Islander fans will say Barzell's untouchable. But yes, of course, obviously, if the Oilers offered McDavid or Bar- uh, McDavid or Drysaddle for Barzell, you do it. But again, that's not that's fantasy land. So that's why that's why untouchable category still exists for teams because 
yeah, there's, there's a certain player you're always going to trade someone for, but it's not even worth talking about because it's not going to happen. So with that yeah, it's said, sort of like, do you trade away the prospect for the guy who's guaranteed, yeah, who's so already cool. been doing it? So with that said, yes, Barzell's untouchable because the Oilers would never offer that. So that's why I, you know, it's it's not even worth worth discussing of you know who you would trade Barzell for because it's not, you know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just not. I mean, like I said, you it's, just it's not, it's not going to happen. I don't I don't know what the Oilers yeah. would do after they uh, just, flop, flop out of whatever round they are. But I'm praying for the Oilers versus Vegas in the first round. Oh my God. In the first that, round, that would how, would that be, how would that be? Po- oh, if they finish two, three. Yeah. I don't, I don't see three that being possible at this point. Yeah. And I then, mean, and then Vegas comes back with their entire roster and some it's circumventing the salary cap. And then somehow everybody clicks right away. Cause that's the other thing. Tampa Bay did it with Kucherov, but they knew who he was. They were, they were able to click. They don't know three. if Eichel's going to work with Stone. Vegas is three points behind Dallas right now, and I think they're three points behind um, L- L.A., I think, 88, 82, 85. Um, yeah, 80 is Vancouver's yeah, 82. Um, yeah. so the, yeah, Vegas is 85 with a game in hand on L.A. So the three points behind L.A. and Dallas. I don't, I don't know if they're going to do it. I mean, they might, but um, I think they catch LA. Yeah, you know, I would. Yeah. If Vegas misses the playoffs, because they've always been a team that's been patient. When now they trade a lot of their former first round picks, I would think it it'd be if they missed the playoffs and they did something silly like they traded Brandon Brisson out of Michigan and for a, another you know quick fix. Um, I could see that happening because they their instant gratification with that team. You know, Pacioretty, Eichel, Stone, you know, just goes on and on. But um yeah, they're 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 in trouble, but we'll we'll see. Yeah. I mean they should just kind of accept that the, everything didn't go their way this year. Just hopefully they make the playoffs and make some kind of a run. Yeah. And if you don't win the Stanley Cup, you don't win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Exactly. I forgot which one of us predicted Vegas over uh I had yeah. I had Colorado. I had, All right, I then maybe it was me that predicted Vegas. My fin- okay. I think the final in the offseason before the year started, I think it was Colorado beating the Islanders. So, yeah, yeah. I think I had Colorado in the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. Well, it's it, we got a lot of time left. We still have a month left to go in the season. It's all going to be interesting. Yeah. Do you want to fill in this question, though, for uh, Dave? You doesn't understand why people hate Vegas so much? <laughs> um, I mean – I guess it's because they always seem to get the guy that's out there. Like they got Stone, they got Pacioretty, they got Eichel. Um, I think some people feel like the expansion draft rules were were unfair, and they got gifted a good team and all that. But I don't hate Vegas, though. I, I'm on. I'm with David. I, I, I don't. I actually I don't, don't hate Vegas, Vegas in any way. Um, I, I, although, but I've said this about a lot of teams. I actually don't hate the Maple Leafs because I just I love to make a joke that they haven't won a, a first round. Uh, uh, serious in 20 years, but at 19, I know what it really is, but it's just one of those things that Vegas is, uh, they're sort of that team that got it all right away. They got to the finals. And then after that, there is, there's a feeling of entitlement, I think around the league with a lot of fans. Yeah. Like how dare you be this good so quick. Mm-hmm. And right now, Seattle right now is kind of going, all that, that I wish that was us. 
Yeah, well, Seattle the difference is a lot of GMs smartened up this time, and they didn't make trades like the trades like the side deals like the Panthers made with Marcheseau and Smith. Um, yeah. And that's and that's the big difference. Teams got smart, you know. Like I, I'm sure, I would imagine, you know, Lou probably, maybe I would hope at least said, okay, if you take Bailey instead of Eberle, we'll give you X. And you know, maybe Seattle just said no, but um, it's. Yeah, there was no side deals to be made. And I think that's that's exactly what happened in Seattle. And, and this is a little bit true, too, what he's saying right here, that they basically fired yeah. Gallant. Yeah. And, but that's also the nature of hockey, guys. Yeah. Gallant was done way dirtier by the Florida Panthers. Yeah, I know. And, uh, and Marc-Andre Fleury, who went there and added – I think he's, I think he made his Hall of Fame career in Vegas. Yeah, he brought, I, he brought. I understand he, he was penguin. great, but he cemented himself as a Hall of Famer yeah. in Vegas. He brought immediate respect um, back to that, back to that franchise. Well, to that franchise, I should say. But speaking of Flurry, actually, um, if he decides to play next season, um, Casey the Smith is an unrestricted free agent. I think you know where I'm headed with this. Um, yeah, I think maybe he ends his career in Pittsburgh, and you know he splits with, or just I should say, backs up. Tristan Jarry. Um, I think that's how he ends his career. That's just my let's be honest, he's splitting. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's gonna happen. That's just yeah. the way I see Jarry, it. I mean, he usually falls apart in the playoffs, but if you look at the goalie statistics, Jarry has slowly started to <laughs> drop in, in several statistics to where he was at one point. So um hey, quick question, because yeah, Randy put this up here. Uh, I haven't heard anything that the players aren't allowed to play in the playoffs. Some of the college um, guys, it might be because they're not playing in the playoffs because Buffalo ain't going, Philly ain't going, Seattle ain't going. I'm trying to think actually that year that Lee, that year that Lee signed with the Islanders, um, I don't think he played in the series against Pittsburgh that year in the shortened year. Um, so maybe you can, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to I'd have to check on that. Yeah, I, I, I think they should be allowed to play, but unless yeah. you see a provision in that, because uh, I, I completely did not think that that was possible. Yeah. So I'm going to be doing some research on that before, uh, as soon as we're off, and All we're right. actually going to be signing off in about uh, a minute. Yeah. We'll take another question. I'm gonna, I'm gonna head off. I'm gonna head out now. Isaac. All right, then you know we're gonna, we're gonna do it now. Then it gets off the bus. So yeah, yeah, because McCarr played in the playoffs. We talked about Chris Kreider, and everybody. Thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. It has been fantastic being back here. We are looking to try to get a day where Filk and all three of us can be on. So thank you guys. And don't forget, always like, share, and subscribe. And we will see you guys again soon. And got to go up there. Guys, thank you very much. Because, again, it's always it's great to be back.